0: Thank you, Lord. We're not going to take up any more time. I want Sister Stacy to come. Amen. Let's open up our hearts, our minds. Let God touch us today through his word. Amen. Talk to us.
1: Good morning. And let's give God just a hand clap of praise. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited for today. God showed me this morning, he said, they've had breakthrough, now they're about to break out. Yeah. They've had breakthrough, now they're about to break out. See, the reality is, if you're thinking that the epitome of this Christian walk is being able to come to church so everybody else will know that you're used of God or spiritual, you've missed the mark, you've missed kingdom. Because kingdom is, is taking this and taking it out to the world, right? Yeah. It's not about church, it's about covenant. It's not about coming in here so people can think that that I'm saved. No, no, no. It's coming in here empty, knowing that I need a Savior, knowing that if I can just make it to this altar. So you don't just come to the altar for salvation or deliverance. I live at the altar. I come to the altar to be filled up because out there I get emptied out. Out there the light of Christ shines. But when I come in here, I get to sit at the feet of my Jesus. I get to come in and I get to worship together in unity I get to join together as one body in one accord where the blessing has to flow that's what covenant is. you're not a church your kingdom, your new life your new life to take to the lost and the dying, the ones who don't know this man, Jesus. You're the hope. The only hope that they have is Christ in you. You have broke through this week. Now it's time, new life, to let new life break out. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, anoint your word today. God, anoint these people, God. Lord, it comes alive to me. Let it come alive to them. Lord, I bind every distraction, everything that would try to take root, it has no place. Lord, you've given freedom, God. And Lord, we ask you right now, God, to change us. Change us. Not my neighbor, not my friend, not the person down the street. God, it's me. Lord, we rejoice in you today for what you've done, but we're not going to spend time talking about how great it has been because you're a now God, and you have something now for us to do, God. Lord, we love you. We thank you. If there's anyone that has not experienced breakthrough to this point, Lord, let this be their day. If there's anyone that has said, if there's one more opportunity, I'm going to confess this so I can get healed. One more chance, one more opportunity. Let this be the moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to read Scripture, Joshua 14, 6 through 13. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read it. I want to give clarity to someone here today and for tonight. If you think that we've come here to share your junk, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Anything that has been confessed in these altars that have been set free, that healing has come, I believe God would literally strike us down if we repeated it to expose your confidence. That's how sacred the altar is. Things that have been released to your pastors this week are under the blood where they will stay. Amen. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. You don't I know man may have done you wrong, but God will never do you wrong. You can trust your pastors. They're held under the accountability of God himself. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Joshua 14 Starting in verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephna the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh barnea Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from K-Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, my brethren, that went up with them, with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and the children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. And he has said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, And now, lo, I am this day 85 years old. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. I just want to take a shout break right there for a moment. (laughs) At 85, he was still as strong as he was the day God gave him the promise. You need to remember that new life. Even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. What I want you to understand in the beginning here, Joshua is delegating. He's giving out assignments. He's letting the people know what land they can have, okay? But Caleb, his mind wasn't on what everybody else got, This week, your mind cannot be on what everybody else got. Well, so-and-so got this, and -and so-and-so got that, and she loved on so-and-so, and she didn't even speak into me, and he did this to them, and he let them do that. Honey, you got your own mountain that God has given for you. It has nothing to do with what anybody else has. New Testament, James 3.16, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Confusion is not of God, and it stems from jealousy. Do you know what strife means? Not what you think. It is a desire to put oneself forward when you want to be in the spotlight, when you want to be the one that gets the attention, you are bringing confusion to the house and you are causing every evil thing to flow through your life. I would never go into witchcraft, but Lord, I want my name to be on the billboard. I would never do tarot cards, but I sure am jealous of him. It is the same thing. It's time we start calling it what it is. There's no little sin. There's no big sin. There is only darkness and light. And if you're part of any sin, you bring separation from you and God. This is your walk. You're called to walk worthy of the call. The only way I can walk worthy is understanding that it's His righteousness, not mine. And because I am in Christ Jesus right he manifests himself through my life that's why in the new testament it says that christ must increase so that i decrease it's more than crucifying the flesh i cannot do it but the more i fall in love with this man jesus the more it becomes natural for my flesh to die it is just as easy to walk in the spirit as it is in the flesh It is just as natural. It is a 21-day process for a habit to form. So for 21 days, you might have to tell yourself repeatedly to shut up. Don't speak back. Don't let your emotions rule. That is just a trap. That is just, just something for you to fall into. But baby, when you do it for three weeks, it becomes natural. People ask me all the time, why do you always see the good in people? You want to know the answer? I look for it. I look for it. It's easy to call out somebody's sin. It's easy to call out somebody's faults. But when you can look past that, because people, the fruit of their behavior stems from a root of brokenness. It stems from something within them that causes them to be the way they are. A natural person sees the fruit. A spiritual person sees the root. Wow. You choose how you, your perception is your reality. First time I, I worked with my boss, my, several bosses ago, we grew up together. And you know my story, and we'll talk about it more today. But I was wild, and I was mean, and I was angry. Nobody in that town knew what was going on in my home. She had worked me, she was my boss, she was the director of nurses. And after the first week, she walked up to me and she said, well, if I didn't know God was real, I know he is now. And I said, why? She said, because you would have threw that woman through the wall twice already. And she was right. The old Stacy would have never took what that woman was saying to my face. But Christ Jesus within me not only took it, but loved her through it. And the woman who knew the old Stacy now receives my daily devotions, learning about my Jesus solely because I didn't let my emotions rule in a conference room because of Christ Jesus within me. That's who he is. It's who he is. Had hey, Caleb got so caught up in, Well, you get the green grass and you get the prettier mountain and you get what's over there. Maybe I need to swap. No, he knew his promise. And when you know your promise, see, you're not going to go to a baby doctor to fix your broken bone. Do not go to an orthopedic surgeon to do plastic surgery on you. They sew like a butcher. They fix your bones but you're going to look like you've been through some trauma when it's over. Right? But if you have something, don't let an orthopedic guy fix a gushing wound because he's going to be trying to make it pretty while you're bleeding out. In the New Testament, it says that we follow the book of Acts, right? That's what we do. In the New Testament, it says that they sold all they had, gave it to whoever was in need, We're in daily fellowship together. That's breaking of the bread. That's communion. I want to talk to you about the spirit. Because when you train yourself to quit looking in the natural, start looking in the spirit, it changes everything. When I got saved, I sold everything. He bought me with his blood. I sold it all. I no longer belong to myself. I sold it all. I am no longer my own. And I give myself to the body of Christ who I've been ordained to be a part of. You're ordained to be a part of one specific body under one specific shepherd. And you give to each other what the other has need of. That's why ain't none of us got it all together. My husband is militant. He was an armed security guard at a nuclear plant for 16 years. Before that, he was a corrections officer. He's the strongest physical man that I've ever known. Yeah, pastor just (laughs) said, he grabbed him by the foot. He's an intercessor. He's, He's a watchman. I'm a nurturer. If you ain't figured that out. I'm a good mama, right? He don't know how to nurture nobody. Pastor knows him, but the reality is the reason he don't know how to nurture nobody. We say he was raised by wolves. His mama cussed him so bad every day, told him he was worthless and he didn't deserve to live, and she hated him, and she wanted him dead. She was a school teacher; all the kids loved her, but she would come home, and and just assault my husband. He didn't know any better. He didn't know how to be loved. He didn't know how to love. He didn't understand it. It bothered him greatly when he came into my house. He said, I told you I loved you last week. Why do you need to hear it again? Why are you constantly telling your children you love them? That's weird. It's not weird. You've never known it. You don't understand it. So when you deal with my husband, he's structured. He's rigid. He loves me and my boys. This took 10 years. He's like a, your life is like an onion. If God removed everything out of you at one time, it would kill you. Layer by layer. Y'all dealt with layers this week. There's more layers coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's just the beginning. His family, Lindsay's his first cousin. His whole family says we know that God is real. Because Chris Harrison's been married to one woman and faithful to her for almost 11 years. <laughs> he would take multiple women home nightly, but he never kept one for more than a few days. Why? Because he'd been rejected his whole life. Yeah. And all he did was reject others. Okay? I'm a, good, I'm a nurturer right now. I'll Speak truth till you believe that. Whew. But... He's not somebody that I would take to certain places, right? But when I get somewhere that I have a physical need and need a physical protector, there ain't nobody else I want beside my husband right there with me. Because he's been trained his whole life in how to be a watchman and how to be a guard, and that's who he is in the spirit. But if there comes a moment where there needs to be a nurturer, uh, a mothering, gentle spirit, that's where I walk in. Do you understand? That's what the body does. You can't get mad at him because he's not like me. Just because somebody doesn't love you like you love somebody else doesn't mean they don't love you. Not everybody is going to do it the way you think they should. God didn't ordain everybody to be the same. You sell everything you have, Jesus buys you with the blood. You join yourself to the body. What they lack, you provide. The only thing in the armor of God that is not protected is the back. I got your back, baby somebody else in your life has your back pastor preached one of the most to me impactful messages too in my life come here you're now officially one of mine so i get to use you as a prop whenever i want to so david david was sent to the battlefield He had sheep that he had to deal with. He had cheese that is open up in your front. Hold it. He had sheep. He had a carriage. He had cheese. And he had bread. He's got sheep cheese, bread, and a carriage. How's he going to fight Goliath if he's holding on to sheep, cheese, bread, and a carriage? How? He can't. He can't carry a giant's head while carrying sheep, cheese, bread, and a carriage. He can't. You can't do it all. Right now, Back at Grace, we're preparing for camp meeting. We got 140 women coming to WOW Conference, Women of War. They will be arriving Friday. We have 20 women ministering that weekend. I'm ministering Saturday night. I got women ministering Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday at noon. I'm Saturday night. I got 12 women having breakout moments, 20 of us. I'm not there this week. I had to pass the cheese. You got to pass the cheese. Some of you are so frustrated because you know where God's taking you, but you can't seem to get there because you're holding all the things that somebody else is desperately praying to get used. You're preventing them from being blessed. You're preventing yourself from coming here because you think, I'm the only one that can hold the cheese. I'm the only one that can hold the cheese. What his brother didn't understand, this is so cool. The word of God is so cool, by the way. From that day forward, that carriage got given to somebody else. He never needed a carriage again. He never went back to the sheepfold again. And that bread and that cheese that his daddy sent, wait for your daddy. Wait for the father to send you. When your daddy sends you, it'll be anointed. I don't care if it's cheese and bread. You take it with honor. When Pastor preached this message, it changed my life. We were going through a transition in the jail. I had to pass the cheese. I text Leah George. I said, I got to pass the cheese to you. And she sent back and she said, I receive your cheese with honor. <laughs> she leads that jail ministry now. It's amazing. What Eliab didn't know, what like nobody else understood, so powerful. to me. He gave up the cheese. He gave up the bread. And you know what he ended up with? 400 mighty men who went and got water from the enemy's camp to give him something to drink. Quit holding on to bread and cheese when God's got water from the enemy's camp. But in order to get there, come on, come on, come on, preacher, you've held it long enough, come on. Just go ahead and break through all the way. But in order for him to get there, he had to let go of some things. He had to let go of some things. I really want to fight Goliath, but I'm so burdened down with all these other things that God said it's time to let go of. Had Caleb focused on what everybody else had, He would have never got his mountain. Caleb had spent 40 years walking in the wilderness because of something he did not do. We're going to break some word curses over people today through the blood of Jesus. Because of the words spoken by other people, He had to wander around in a wilderness for 40 years. You ever had something spoken over you that caused you to just begin to wander around in a wilderness? You ever had something said about you that caused you to go around in circles outside of the promises of God? Have you ever believed the lie of the enemy because somebody else said it over you and it caused you to be able to wander around with everybody else bitter and angry and jealous and upset and offended so much so that you did two things. You either become the opposite or you become the exact same thing but worse. You said in your heart, I'll never be him. No, you're him plus five more. you worse. Because without Jesus Christ, you will become that which you hate. That's what it is. He looked at those people for 40 years. Let me tell you something. He wasn't just not believed. He wasn't just rejected by 10 people. The entire congregation of people rejected what he knew. Moses rejected him. Back to David. When David was out in the field tending sheep, Samuel the prophet was sent to Jesse's house. I may have already preached this during this week. I'm going to preach it again because the Holy Ghost said so. He went to Jesse's house and he was like, Let me see your children. Let me, let me anoint someone here to be king. And Jesse brought seven. There was one more in the field. Samuel, by his emotions, wanted to anoint Eliab. Because even though physically he left Saul, emotionally he was still caught up with Saul, right? We tend to do that when we're still emotionally connected to the past, right? I preached that the other night. So Samuel rejected David even before David got in the room. He was rejected before he even realized it by somebody who had never met him. He was rejected by the prophet. His own daddy did not even invite him to the party. He was rejected by his own dad. Who did not even think he was worthy to be invited to the party? Who brought all of the kids he thought were worth something but left the weak one, that's grace, in the field? Eliab, his very own brother, rejected him and made fun of him. Who are you? Where are those few little sheep? Why are you even here? He got rejected. By religion. He got rejected by his blood and he got rejected by his brethren. When I went through a divorce in 2009, I've been married to the boy's dad for 16 years. I told you the story earlier this week. He's still not saved today. He's with an atheist. I'm believing both of them to be set free on fire for God. My husband and I pray for them, our children pray for them. But when I went through that divorce, it was the third time he had left me, all kind of stuff. And I had a preacher tell me in front of people in the congregation that I could never preach again, never teach again, that all of that was over. I pulled out Corinthians, read him the scripture. He told me in front of everybody I was a false prophet. I squalled. My pastor, not him did nothing about it it was so bad that when that man was ministering and i'd go to the altar he would pray for everybody else but me everybody else knew it my pastor broken man never dealt with it had another woman in the community tell me point blank because i had allowed the divorce that i had lost my testimony now you got to understand at that time my mother-in-law and I ministered together, okay? And it sent me into a darkness. I backslid. I ran from God. Sent me into the world. Wound up in gross darkness. Broken by people who should have loved me through it and didn't. I remember the night that I came to myself in my hog pen, and I looked at the man that I was with, and I said, you don't know me. I'm called of God, I'm a preacher, I'm anointed of God. I can't live this life anymore. He looked at me like I had four heads. Within three months, he was out of my life, and I hit rock bottom. You see, in my life, that man used of God for so long, he missed it. He just missed it. He was bound by religion. He was bound by ritual. He was bound, and he just missed it. The woman that owned the clothing store who said that to me just missed it. They missed it. But the day I hit rock bottom and I crawled myself back to that same church where I had gotten so hurt, that's, that pastor called me forward, and he said, that anointing's still there. God ain't changed his mind. One man missed it, one woman missed it, but God never missed it. Last year, I was preaching a revival locally in Vernon, and the first night I was preaching, that man that, that spoke such evil over me listened to me preach. And he came back the next night to hear me again. Don't you tell me God ain't good. Sometimes you gotta accept the apology that you never get. If you gonna walk this walk in Christ, you gotta accept the apology you're never gonna get. You gotta accept the apology that you're never going to get. Right now, word curses being broken. Right now, deep hurts being broken. Right now, you don't seek an apology; you seek restoration from Christ Jesus Himself. Come on, receive it right now. We're gonna give a moment. Come on, these last, this is the day of deep things. This is the day of deep things. Has to be gone so you can break out. Come on, this is your last day. Come on. Don't let it sit there. Samuel the prophet missed it. He missed it. But guess who anointed David? Samuel, the prophet. Jesse, his own daddy, missed it. But guess who sent him on every assignment to be in the strategic place God needed him to be? His daddy. Eliab, his own brother, missed it. And he wound up being third in command of his army. God will use the very ones who missed it in your life to bless you. But if you're sitting there waiting on an apology, you'll never get there. Samuel never apologized to David. Jesse never apologized. Eliab never apologized. But they had to bow before the anointing. You're not going to get through until you get over. How bad do you want to get over? How bad do you want your mountain? How bad do you want breakthrough? You do it. The word of God goes on. I'm just gonna go there tonight you bringing some stuff to this house that's going to be burned I don't understand it in California I don't know how y'all made a baptism I don't know how y'all dug dirt I, I when you are under the 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 authority when you are in this and you live by grace in grace that grace you quit asking questions you just know God's going to do it that's nice kingdom. It's not church anymore. It's covenant. We had a man. I'm going to back up. We had a woman in the jail hmm, years ago, and I'm praying for her, and I, got, I laid my hand on her thigh, and I'm praying for her in the jail. She's clothed up. She's got her long sleeves, all kind of stuff. It's hot, and I'm praying for her, and I start, the Holy Spirit starts calling out, voodoo, witchcraft. Oh, I love God. He's so good. And I'm calling it out, and she's giving me that look like, you know, and I got my hand right there. She got set free. It's beautiful. And later she told me, she said, you watch my Facebook, don't you? I'm like, woman, I don't even know your name. (laughs) And if I do know your name, I'm going to forget it tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who I am. And she's like, no, you've had to watch my Facebook. You've had to look at all my pictures. I said, no, ma'am, I have not looked at your pictures. I do not know who you are. Now, later, Talina will tell me all about you because she's my person that knows all that. But I don't. And she said, well, oh. I said, why? She said, because I've tried very hard to hide my tattoos from you. And I'm like, all right. I love tattoos, by the way. I'm gonna ask you why you got it, what it means, because you had to had to have a meaning right to put on your body. And she's like, I have a voodoo tattoo right there. And I'm like, Okay. And she said, When you laid hands on me, fire, it felt like it was burning so bad. It hurt so bad. She said, So you've you've had to have seen my Facebook. I said, No, ma'am, that's that's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. She got free that day. We talked to her about going back after you, clean your house, seven more demons coming back. You know what I mean? And I've come to the point in life that I think sometimes, hear me, that because people know that, that there are some people that are so bound that they want you to cast the demon out so they get eight more. So you you got to have discernment. Are you here for deliverance or distraction? Are you here to bring a Disturbance. Or are you here to be delivered? Because if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior first, that's why we always, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Because we had a woman one time at the jail who told me and Pastor Point Blank, they called her backpack. And the demon she sold herself to, she gave him 97%, but she let Jesus have three. And we looked at her and said, conversation over. Because unless somebody's willing to get saved 100%, Jesus Christ, you're going to cause more harm to them than good by casting a demon out of them. So she got saved. She got set free. She went back. She did it like multiple times. Went back. She wound up at our church. And she's slithering on the floor. And there's a man that I love. He is special to me. He is six foot six. And I've had to speak hard truth to him many times. Like you know it's the Holy Ghost when you speak things to somebody and they don't just knock your head off. You know what I'm saying? I remember the day Chris Hams, I met him up in the corner over there. And I told him, I said, if you don't, if you don't, Get in a program and get your life right. You will never see your daughters graduate. And today's my armor bearer. Pastors and mine. If I'm dealing with a demon and it's a man, Chris Hems, right there. Thank Jesus. So this six foot-six man got tangled up with this girl. It's bad. They come to church. She's slithering on the floor with a python spirit and everything else male voices start coming out talking to him and me she'd already told me she sold herself to a new demon so that she could have control over the six foot six guy and the guys in the on the platform and pastor's chair and it's like a it's like a throne room chair you know what i'm saying i ain't making this up by the way she's slithering cohen's over there you know it's just jesus it's first night my husband boy he got behind me afterward he's like i really got to get charlie and Mike prayed over you and Regina and Talina. I'm like, where are you being? <laughs> like, where are you being? It was so funny. So, anyway, the guy goes outside. Me and Chris Hams, he's dealing with the woman. I'm outside with the guy. And I look at that big old man and I tell him, I'm on my tiptoes. I tell him, point blank. You don't get her out of your life. This is your night. If you don't, you're going to get tangled up with her. You're going to be demon possessed. You're going to be in it. And you ain't going to be able to set yourself free. He already got rescued from a life sentence in prison one time because of drugs. And you know what we're dealing with. I mean, I got, I went toe to toe with him. I got in his nose to nose. And I knew. it's talking truth. Somebody that speaks truth to you loves you. If you think everybody's supposed to baby you and coddle you, you don't know about kingdom. Jesus was probably one of the most offensive people. He spoke truth. So did Paul. Thank God for people who will speak truth to you. They love you enough to do it. I spoke truth to that man that day. Next day, he brought a trash bag full of witchcraft stuff from his house and brought it to him. And wanted it. Burned, got rid of, whatever. Not a problem. God can do it. You know where he's at today? Sitting in jail looking at a life sentence. You know why? You, you tell her.
0: He tied her up. He couldn't let her go. She kept coming back, kept coming back. Sexual soul ties that he couldn't break. What I said last night. Tied her up with zip ties and strangulation to murder. Screaming the whole time. Screaming the whole time. To get the of her. Tied her up. He's looking at life in prison. She looked at me that day in a man's voice. I said, what do you want? said, the demon's name was Ishii, a Japanese super demon with a government and authority. I looked the name up. We told Tony that day, Sister Stacy did, we're dealing with the demon. That demon looked at me in my face in a man's voice. I said, what do you want? That demon said, you. I got everybody else that's left this church because you pushed them out. I got them. Now I'm after you. The demons visited us back. That same woman, she's a sex demon on top of that. The next day, 50 people in our church said that I was trying to have sex with her in that altar. Some people are sent there to be a distraction. She came down seeking the baptism in the Holy Ghost. The moment we laid hands on her, a demon manifested, and she slithered from one side of the church to the other. God gave that man opportunity to break free from her. He brought naked pictures, brought some of the most God-awful things for us to burn, but he didn't fully mean it. He went back because he didn't break the sexual soul tie. And the demons that woman had invested in his life kept pulling. So he tied her up with zip ties to a strangulation to kill her.
1: This is what we're talking about, church. We're not making this stuff up this week. has not been a patty cake. Let's just shout the glory down. When we're talking to you about things to burn tonight, we're talking about the deep, dark, gross things. Because we got another 10 or 20 stories that we can tell you. The woman that is over... Our welcome team ministry was part of the cheese I had to pass off. She got a voodoo tattoo right here. Full of the Holy Ghost now. Full of the Holy Ghost now. Was on the riverside. So funny. Suicidal with, with her dog. Got a hold. Somebody told her to get a hold of us. Talked to pastor. and She thought he was in Columbia, like Georgia. He was in Columbia, South America, you know. That she was radically being set free, delivered. You know how? You know why the grace of God is so good? She came to church. was staying on property. She was, we fed her food. First thing you got to do is love somebody. We fed her food. We were loving on her. She came to church. She was in all dark clothes and everything else. Soon as worship got good, boy, she ran out that back door. This was a long time ago. We, we had, what do y'all call them, Santa Spurs? What do y'all call them? these pricklies in the grass i don't know if y'all have them over here but anyway ryan george looked at me and he said come here i don't know if y'all know big george but when he says come here you just do it i didn't have on shoes me regina and talina none of us did he said go chase that woman down she's going to the green camper we walk through the pricklies we get to her house the little green camper she's in there she's mad she's angry she's bound she's all these things And we just love on her a little bit. We make sure she's not, you know, weirded out by Pentecost. Everything's going on. And she's like, or whatever. You know, she's standoffish, divorced, living with another man, all kind of wild stuff. And so we're like, can we pray for you before we leave? She said, whatever. I laid hands on her knee, and we prayed a simple prayer of faith. Next day, what I didn't know is that when you do math, you get sores. And she had a staff infected pus straining, sore on her leg. And I laid hands on that area, did not know it. And the next day, it was gone. It was gone. That's what brought her to Jesus. We don't chase signs and wonders. They follow us. We don't chase them. They follow. Don't you be dare chasing a word from a prophet. You chase God you chase God. He's already given you his word. He's already given you his blood. This ain't something to try to get on a platform to grab a microphone. He'll sit you down in a heartbeat. This is about saying, I want you to have all of me. But it's not a game. It's not a game. He had an opportunity, that man that I love so much still to this day, sitting in that jail cell. He had an opportunity to be set free. But he went right back to what God had told him to separate himself from. There ain't some little thing. One, that one woman we talked to recently, she said, oh, I don't do that anymore. I just have a few crystals. What, what? Get rid of it all. I had another woman in jail recently say, I didn't know tarot cards were bad. Yes. Funny stories are things like when, when they come up to us and say, hey, That girl over there was going to make voodoo dolls with your head on it. We told her she better not. You can't curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. But you need to understand, when God knows your name, Satan does too. When God knows your name, Satan does too. That's why this means war. Their breakthrough, when he got over thinking about what everybody else was doing and who was getting what, he didn't care. I will love you to Jesus, but I don't care. I got my own mountain to get. I do, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not comparing myself. I'm not looking at this or looking at that because my eyes are on the prize, the prize of the high calling. It is Jesus Christ and him alone. I don't get to stand in judgment with my husband. This ain't in none of my notes. I don't get to stand in judgment with my husband, with my pastor, with my brethren, with nobody. I don't get to pull the man that hurt my feelings in front of God when I get judged on judgment day. It is a one and done. Ben O'Kella says excuses are lies. Wow. It is appointed until man wants to die, and then the judgment. And he's not going to ask you for your excuses. Adam, where are you? Oh, I don't know why I'm going here. Men of God, yes, I do. Men of God, you're the head of your house. You're the spiritual leader of your house. I love my husband. I submit to him with joy. God didn't tell me to wait for him to love me like Christ loves the church. He told me to submit to him from day one when I joined him. He was broken when we met. He was broken when we got married. He was broken. He was broken. God said, it's time for me to submit. That meant I had to crucify my self-control because I was very independent. I remember the day I was at the jail. I told my friends. I'm like, oh, we had a marriage conference. The last thing they talked about was money. I'm not like, money? Talk about intimacy. Talk about something. Why are you bringing up money? And they said, until your money's united, you're not united. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that ain't me. Somebody else can deal with that. Scoop. We left there, and Chris said, we got to get in unity with our money. And I'm like, mm, yeah, not happening. Because, see, my whole life I watched my daddy work two jobs to provide for my mother, who was so schizophrenic she spent everything. When I was in the 11th grade, I had scholarship offers to play ball. I made all, I all these things. And my dad told my mom, that beat me all the time, by the way, that if she bounced another check he was going to leave us my my dad abandoned us he was never home so i started working 11 to 7 in a shirt factory in the 11th grade to provide cash for my mama so she wouldn't bounce checks so that my daddy wouldn't leave me now you got to understand i would wait up to midnight since i was 5 years old begging him to leave her and he never would tell you when i when i come to you tell you i was broken I don't minister to you out of self-righteousness. I've been there. I've been there. God uses what you've been delivered from to set the captive free. That's why the enemy wants you to hide. That's why the enemy needs you not to confess what happened to you. Because other people are broken. And your getting healed can bring healing to them through the blood of Jesus. But if you sit in shame and refuse to admit it, hidden it's hidden. It's hidden. Why are you hiding? So money became something important to me. I decided at an early age that no man would ever have my money. When my ex, when he left, I got into a hard spot. I was working two jobs as an RN. I had a $1,700 a month mortgage. Felt that I had to stay in this big house. My ex-husband makes a lot of money. And we had a mega house. I thought that my boys needed that. So I was working two jobs all the time. I needed money to pay off a car, to, to give it, whatever. My dad told me to get a third job. That's what my dad told me to do. So money was a stronghold in my life. It was. So when... They preached on money being in unity. I had another man in my life who who robbed me blind, took everything I had. 2011, I ended up having to file bankruptcy. My boys finally said, "We don't want the house, Mama. We want you." Praise God for that. So when all of this took place and everything happened, I looked at Chris and I'm like, "Hmm, hmm." So you got to understand, my pastor had already prophesied over us in 2012 that I could trust that man, and he would never do me like any other man, and we would grow old together in ministry. you got to understand, I had the seed planted. But for me to lay down my money was something that I didn't think I'd ever be ready for. What I didn't know then was that a few years, years later, He was going to call me out to completely walk on water where I'm completely dependent on others for money. It ain't about the money, honey. It's about the stronghold. It's about the control. It's about the thinking that if I don't make it, I can't make it. It's about me thinking that I could provide and I could do, and I could be. I'm not called for that. I'm called to submit under my husband's authority. And when I began to do that, we began to line our money up. Now at that time we were both working full time. I had no idea that when we, I paid for my son, my middle son, I paid two hundred fifty dollars a month for his rent. Okay, the oldest one was in his um, bachelor's program by then, and I didn't want to tell him that I gave Chase two hundred fifty dollars a month. I didn't want him to know. Remember, raised by wolves not a nurturer, right? Like when he come into our family, he's like, what do these boys know? I'm like, they know God, they make all A's, and they're excellent in sports. What else to life is there? Seriously, that's how I was. He said, do they know how to change a tire? Do they know how to change oil? I'm like, huh? And then I thought, Dude, I don't remember the last time we changed the oil in the car. (laughs) Real story. Don't ask Larry Cook about it. It's really bad. So he brought something to our life that I didn't have. So when I had to submit and surrender my will to God, when I told him about the bills I had, he looked at me and said, "Is $250 all Chase needs. Stacy, does he need more? Because you know, the first time I had to tell him about my past, I thought, this man's going to run from me. I would run from me. And all he did was hold me and love me and tell me how sorry he was for the men who had hurt me and abused me and what I had gone through. What I feared was the opposite of what happened. Many of you were so afraid to open up to what happened to you because you expect God to beat you with a hammer and you expect these pastors to look down on you. You expect them to say you're unworthy to be used now because you admitted you're human. Because you think that if you share your weakness, it'll mean that you're not strong. And it's the opposite of reality. It's the opposite of what God called us to do. Man of God, it's your weakness that he wants. He's anointed you and called you. It's who he is, Is what he does. Caleb had to get over some things. He had to get over the hurt of everybody else not believing the call of God on his life. But God never got over it. God never changed his mind. It don't matter who has said what over you or done to you or caused your life to pause. God's not paused. Sometimes you have to live out the consequences of other people's choices. And you have to live it out in grace. Knowing Saul had 3,000 choice men following him to kill David. Who would follow Saul? You know why they followed Saul? They didn't know the rest of the story. They didn't know David's side of the story. David never told his side of the story. Somebody may have 3,000 followers on Facebook and everybody believing everything they say and talking bad about you and coming after you and it's because you've never told your side of the story Because there is a reward to honor. Do you want men's applause or do you want God's anointing? Do you want man's applause or God's anointing? I had a woman recently call me out, say all these things, false prophet quoted things I'd said, took it out, just missed the whole thing. I wanted to. I got a man, him and his wife, just caused some kind of chaos, lying, saying things. I want to thump him too. God said no. God said no. God said no. The inner circle that know the truth, they want to protect, they want to, God said no. My husband said no. the glory of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God is every time we choose honor, God brings elevation. Every time we choose honor, because it's just a trap to get me to be angry at you, to, to not forgive you, to let what you say get in my head, that'll stop me from being who God called me to be. The lie of the enemy is the opposite of the truth. If he tells you you can't do something, go ahead and do it because it's of God. The enemy will never tell you to go pray for somebody. And God typically, unless it's the Holy Spirit, won't tell you not to. So Caleb had to get over all this stuff. I'm trying to hurry. It's just deep today, guys. It's so deep. And I see you. you're, You're... Caleb had to get over people, he had to get over all of the stuff, but God never got over it. At the end of it all, you know what he did? God's like, because you were faithful, because you honored the process, some of you feel like man I've walked around the same mountain for years for years. And God's like, yeah, you're having to wait some things out. But there's going to come a time, and I believe it's breakout time right now, where guess what? Your strength has not abated. You're just as strong now as you were the day you received the promise. God's not changed your mind. But I want you to hear something. He said, your strength's not been abated. And you're called to what? You remember? War. You're called to war. Because guess what was still on the same mountain that he inherited? Those giants. They were still there. He didn't move them. He gave him his inheritance and they were the giants. And guess what? He had everything he needed to kill them all. Today's your day. You might have been afraid of the giants, whoever's playing can play. You might have been afraid of the giants 45 years ago. You might have had people speak these things over you. You might be sitting here waiting on an apology that you're never going to get. But God ain't changed his mind. You've got a mountain waiting for you. Now you have a choice to make. We've already broke through this week. It's time to break out. If there have been word curses spoken over you today, I believe this is your day for freedom. Whatever you've not allowed God to do in this conference, now is your moment. I'm gonna minister. I'm gonna read this last thing to you. Lord, I don't know if I've ever felt the glory rest in a room like it is right now. And Lord, as people begin to find freedom and healing, God, you got to do it. If everybody'll just stand, I wrote it down in my notes. Come on, baby girl, come on, come on, come on, come on. These altars are open. Come on, come on, take it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Things have been spoken over you things have been done come on just come just come come on, come on. You know,